What's up, nerds and nerdettes? You have entered the Fortress of Nerditude. Welcome to another episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack. And joined, of course, by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the doctor of nerdonomics, the guy that's out to make Earth nerd again. He's freshly squeezed. He's the juicy one. He's the Dan Aykroyd to my Bill Murray. Dr. Josh Davis. What's that, man? There is no juice, only Zool. I am I have the gatekeeper. <laughs> well, I'm the key master. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe instead you should have said that I'm You by the, God aren't wearing I, what the gatekeeper I, 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 wears. I'm the Sigourney Weaver to your Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, you should have. You aren't wearing what the gatekeeper wears. Well, not yet. upset when I got you, here today. You know. Thank you for tuning in to another week of 30 and 30 Podcast. Uh, if this is your first time, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on any time the Nerd Ledge drops on podcast form with 30 and 30 Podcast. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. Don't forget to drop a five-star rating and review, or as our dear lovely Emma likes to say, Five stars! So cute. So sweet. So, how has your week been? You know, not so bad. My life has been a lot easier now that I don't have a, 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 a show. show. Yeah. Well, I do kind of have a show. I'm, I'm in charge of the annual Veterans Day program for mm-hmm. the school. And it's not just like not a... Not as stressful, though, probably. Right. Well, because it's a lot of other people doing their thing, and then yeah. they bring it to me, and I just put it together. So yeah. it's a lot less stress. But, you know, it's still something uh but uh and this this isn't your typical like oh we all meet in the gym and we listen to the band and the choir do some stuff it's mm-hmm. like a big huge extravaganza like it's a big deal there's a lot that goes into it i would imagine we call it, it the, the night of the patriots so <laughs> it's a big big deal uh so i've been a little busy with that yeah. but you know otherwise i'm just relaxing Good. Taking a breath of fresh air that I had a successful show. You did. It was good. Couple man. weeks ago, and uh, and that's about it. It's good. But how about you? Uh, I said today to a friend, um, Carly. She said, "How you been? I haven't seen you in forever. You know, I feel like every single day of my life now is scheduled. I understand. From work to theater rehearsal to even recording a podcast." Mm-hmm. And so I've had very little what what you would call free time. Yeah. Um, but the last time I said anything, like, I really just wish I had some time to where I had nowhere I needed to be. The last time I said that, I caught COVID, and it was a miserable two weeks, three weeks, really. So I'm not going to wish that. Um, I just wish there were a few more hours in the day. Yeah, I understand um, very well. But other than that, you know, it's been nice rehearsals, uh, spending a little time I can with Maddie. Uh, Halloween was a lot of fun. We did DC, uh, which I didn't pick. That was all Colton. Colton picked him. Uh, well, he said Batman. But, and initially it started out as Batman, but, you know, Mom, Nolan, and Peyton were like, actually, we're going to be Superman, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman. And I said, oh, so we're just doing DC. Which is fine. Yeah, I saw Papa Chris Mac with my Riddler yeah, cane. He Riddler. Was, uh, looked really, pretty good. He was pulling it off. He was. He was. It was really fun. And then uh, on Halloween, we went and trick-or-treated with the kids, um, which was good. Was, uh, and last night, uh, we were all together in Knoxville watching uh, Tennessee-Kentucky game, which is probably the best Tennessee-Kentucky yes. game I have ever that seen. That was great. That was so exciting. That's what you want. Yep. Win or lose. If every game was like a that, good game. it'd be fun yeah. to watch again. Not just a blowout um, on either side. Other than that, man, uh, I've been interested to talk with you about this Eternal score. Okay. Um, and I know I said, like, I've got an opinion, and I'm going to say it, but I, Rev's all fit to be tied. He wants to hear the opinion, and he's like, you mean i got to listen to the episode just to see what you think? I said, well, yeah. i got to keep you coming back somehow. <laughs> Uh, so here's my opinion. I think that first off, you know how I feel about Rotten Tomatoes. I do. Um, 
I don't think we should ever worry or listen to a bunch of uppity critics about comic book movies, first of all. Sure, sure. I don't think we should listen to a bunch of uppity critics about any film. Because they're not us. Yeah. Um, 99% of the time, their scores are always lower than an audience score. Right. Which means to me they don't have their finger to the pulse of the audiences. Yeah, and they probably don't have the same... Knowledge. Passion. Exactly. Interest. Affinity. And the other thing is this is cosmic. Right. This is a vastly unknown world. Like, and someone, I said that the other day at work, and someone said, well, Guardians was cosmic. I said, to an extent. But these are gods. These are ancient gods that are millions of years old, and it's a cosmic storyline, and there are like 15 of these main characters that you have almost three hours to introduce to and their story. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. In all honesty, we didn't get every single person introduced to us before Endgame for 10 years. It took 10 years, so they need to do with the Black Knight and the Eternals and all them in 2 hours and 43 minutes. And I would imagine an uppity, snooty critic would be like, Ugh, this is miserable. So like, and I'm not saying all critics speak like that, but that's just what I picture. I picture like... There's like, oh, another comic book movie I have to review. Oh, gods. Sort of like, uh, they're like, my, uh, my toxic nerd voice. Yeah, they're like, oh, gods. There's only one god. Why are they pushing this on us? Ugh. And like, it's just, it's a massive story to ask for somebody. And it's new. It's not just new to, to the mainstream. For the most part, it's new to us. We didn't read Eternals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't read that stuff. None. I didn't, and if this were DC, I didn't read The New Gods. I'll be a, I'm, I'm a bad nerd. I'll admittedly say, like, if this were reverse and this were DC doing The New Gods, I wouldn't know what to tell you. I know Darkseid. <laughs> I decided to intentionally distance myself from anything about it so yeah. that I can go into it with zero yeah. expectations. I yeah. did have a little Guardians knowledge, and I was sort of like, man... Nobody's well, going to care Guardians about this. Guardians is funny. Yeah. It was cast well, it was funny, and its album rocked. That's how they sold it. Um, but I can tell you that uh, my manager, Brian, went and saw it, and he said, I saw Eternals, and I wanted to send you my spoiler-less review. So mm -hmm. there are no spoilers. Overall, I loved it. Great introduction and explanatory movie with some great comedic and action sequences. The only real negative for me was some of the scene edits, specifically transitions from present to past. Mid and post credit scenes tie into multiple standalones that also will all cross paths. So, thumb up for me. So, he enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And Rev said he liked it. Um, and he, and he, he said can, it didn't seem too long. And he can sometimes be a, a tough critic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, the time is the thing I'm worried the most about. Mm -hmm. Because when it's a long movie like that, sometimes I can feel it. Like, it feels like a long movie. Like, yeah. I think I said that about the Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah. The, the second Wonder Woman. It felt like it a long like, movie. It was like, it was okay, uh, but it, I felt every bit of that mm -hmm. two-something hours. I was mm -hmm. like, are we not there yet? Yeah. So, I'm... I'm I'm a little concerned about that, but we're hoping that by next next time, uh, yeah, we will we'll have, have seen, seen it. it and, and I mean, I am looking forward to it. I mean, sure. so 99% of the time, Rotten Tomatoes says something is terrible, freaking ignore them because they're not you. That's how I look at it. If it's Marvel, DC, this House of Gucci, whatever the movie is, if it came out with a low, I'd say, why do we even have these people around still? Because we're still going into things and relying on, I want someone to tell me the score of what they thought it was before I go see it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But I also don't think it makes a lot of sense to watch people play video games that I could play a video I'm game. I'm the same. Like, I, I just, like, a lot of, I'll tune in, like, if JT from East Coast Avengers is playing through something that I want to watch before I even buy it. I'll do that. I don't get it. I don't get that. I just don't. I really don't. So maybe it's just me, my generation. Mm -hmm. I don't get listening to someone who doesn't understand this stuff tell me 
how I should feel about the film. Yeah. So that's my two cents on that. Other than that, we got more WWE releases this surprise, past Surprise, surprise. I mean, this is the this past two it's years like the, has been the most released talent I've ever seen. This is probably like the third or the fourth wave just yeah. this year. Yeah. And typically People we who get we maybe just saw one, on TV two. too. Oh yeah. Cross is gone. Yeah. The Bearcat himself, oh, Keith Lord Lee, mercy. is gone. Who I thought, oh man. Well, the he was loved NXT Keith Lee. Yeah. You know, and then as soon as they brought him up, it was over. Basically, I mean, really. But this NXT 2.0 is bad. Oh yeah. I mean Vince and Bruce taking over, <sighs> turning it into like a third cartoon <laughs> brand. Well, I just want to point out that me being the sole Nia Jax defender out of basically everybody that I know, okay, you know, y'all give me the argument, oh, she's clunky in the ring, she's unsafe. Well, there was an outpouring of there was. love for her and bring back Nia and, and all that stuff. So I don't feel like if she was, if, if, the, if the girls felt like she was unsafe, I just don't feel like that would be. Uh, well, and mainly the the things we speak out against are the things we see. Sure. And we can honestly say I've seen Nia wrestle a handful of times in the last few years because I don't watch every night. Mm-hmm. I watch specific pay-per-views. I haven't watched house shows. So, like, she, I'm just seeing, oh, man, this was a bad There's moment. been some accidents yeah. for sure, right? And, and that happens because it's like they always say, it's not ballet. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're not trained wrestlers. We no. don't. We don't know. Don't you know. know. So you know, I. And this is. I didn't really get family. on board with that. And that was another argument that you all have thrown at me before. Oh, she's just there because she's related to the Rock. I'm oh no, so I sure never about said that. that. Some one, one of y'all did. I w- I would never say it's the only reason she's there. I think coming in, she had this. I was like, oh, she's different. She's like exactly. Kong, Karma was or Kong, Kong, whatever awesome Kong, Kong, whatever she yeah. went by. I was like, she's going to be a monster. Yeah. And then I think a lot of what killed me for a lot of the divas these days was they started showing up on Total Divas. Oh, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't need this. If I don't. You, but if you go back, I don't know, uh, three or four years ago, whenever it was, that Nia was first starting out on NXT and the way that they built her character a and they introduced her, it was so good. And it was like, how are they going to beat Nia? All of, you know, uh, Sasha, Bailey, uh, Charlotte, all of them had these great matches with Nia back in NXT. And we, the fact of the matter is we need people like that. Well, like we need people who don't fit the mold, who we aren't, do. you know, the fit-looking, you know, yeah. Mandy Rose-looking, yeah. you know, wrestlers. We need different types of women Absolutely. and men, you know, and... So that was what I really liked about Nia, that she, she brought something different, different to the table. Now, I'll say this, too. Past year or so, what have they been doing with her? The Shayna Baszler stuff, she's kind of been God. silly, you know. Shayna's terrible, too. I don't like her. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure she's she's not terrible talented-wise. I just I, I just I don't can't. care anything about her, either. I don't care anything about her. Uh, I probably will never forgive Nia for the whole... Uh, she landed on the apron and she went, "Oh, my hole!" <laughs> Talking about her butt, that ugh. I'll probably would have yeah. fined or fired her for that, to be honest with you. Yeah, because um, that was so silly and ridiculous. But, but like, uh, dude, they're even like canceling performance center training sessions right now. I don't know what's going something's on. Something's going on. Something's going on. And um, a source uh, close to some friends of ours at another podcast, has basically said, and we're not finished. They're not finished making weird changes and releases. So what in God's name is going on over there? uh, Are they getting ready to sell? Are they trying to make way and absorb ROH? What are they doing? uh, I don't know. I don't Um, I can't put my finger on it, but I don't like it, man. Really, you know, those rumors of... We're gearing up to sell. You know, we're preparing to sell. It looks more and more like a little believable at it this does. point. You know, I, and it's something I never thought would happen. It seems Which like would the, make, I mean, the, these all these releases over the last year would make the product um, more valuable because it's not oversaturated. Exactly. Um, 
trying to make it more of an image. Look, let's be honest. They probably needed to let some talent go. The people who are just sitting back and catering, you hear about that all the time. They're yeah. just sitting there. They got nothing to do and nowhere to go. But they're being paid. Good for them, yeah. but not really great not for, for WWE. their career or for WWE no. or for us, you know, who are watching to be entertained. So yeah. uh, we'll see. A couple we'll... of people have even tweeted out, thank you for my release. And it's like, they were just like, oh, I'm sure Kane Cross would have been one of those who was like, oh, thank goodness. Thank God. I can go to AEW and tear it up with Aleister Black or whatever he's going by right now. Uh, Malachi Black. Malachi Black. But then they're going to run into the opposite problem. We can't just snatch up yeah. every old schlub that WWE let go because they're just this schlub that WWE let go, though. It's not like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk every no. single time. No. So, anyway. <sighs> we'll it's crazy, man. We'll see what happens, and we'll report on it Absolutely. when it does. Absolutely. It's the last time we had our Halloween special. It was a lot of fun. It sure was. We talked about the long Halloween. We did. The uh, part one and part two animated film that you can now, if you don't want to buy it, find on HBO Max. Uh-huh. Both parts. Uh, Batman is voiced by Jensen Ackles. Uh, does a fantastic oh, job. Oh, yeah, he killed it. Go Slayed. back and uh, listen to that episode. Um uh, we should be having a, a funeral for Batman because yes. Jensen, Jensen Angles just it. murdered the part. Murdered the part. Slayed it. Um, moved up pretty quick into my top Batman voices. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you feel like you you would feel that way if it wasn't for Jensen Angles and your love for Supernatural? Do you feel like a little bit of it's your bias? It might be. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it might be, but I... fact of the matter is, he did a great job. I also like Jared Padalecki, but if he were to voice Batman, I'd go, ooh, this yeah, is bad. It'd be weird, wouldn't it? I'd yeah, that's like, true. Uh, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a, a timbre that Jensen naturally has. He just nailed it. Like, it's just, it's just in his natural Texas-style voice. And even yeah. though Jared's from Texas, watching him play Walker in this show, I'm like, he couldn't voice Batman. That's weird. Like, he could maybe voice Nightwing or Tim Drake or something like that. But, like, it could be part of my bias, but I just, I think he brings this timbre and, like, it's different than Dean. And it's different than when he was in Red, Under the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yep. I think if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely go For check sure. that out. And I have to also, before we uh, get to our nerd vocabulary words, we had our, our work Halloween party. And I work with this girl named Lizzie, and I didn't know that her and her husband listened to the show. Oh. Uh, I didn't. Hello. I, mean, I wear a hat every now and then at work, or if I have a shirt under. But I'm not like, hey, I have a podcast. Or sure. like, everyone takes stickers at work. Yeah. Um. Uh, he, at the Halloween party, he, I could tell the entire night, like, there were moments where he really wanted to talk to me about something, and, you know, he had, he was like, oh, I'm Lizzie's husband, and I was like, oh, nice to meet you, then I went and hosted trivia, and uh, I just could tell, I was like, he's really trying to say something to me, I feel like, I felt like Marlon being talked to by the kid, and the kid turtle, and and finding Nemo, I was like, it's like he's trying to speak to me. I know it. And he finally looks at his phone and he goes, oh, I'm almost caught up. And I'm just standing there talking with Brian. And he, I see, I kind of look over and he's looking at me like, I was like, caught up on what? And he goes, your podcast. I went, oh, you listen? He said, yeah, I just finished the Hobbit ones. I was like, oh, uh, he said, that is you, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I was like, and then, like, a couple of days later, I was like, Lizzie, please apologize for your husband, because we've talked about this before. I'm weird with compliments. I'm extra weird now, all of a sudden. Like, I actually, a uh, former student at Metaview, I can never remember his name. He works at Sunoco now. And I had my mask on, my 30 Nerdy podcast mask, a few weeks ago. And he looked at the, the mask, and he said, I listened to that podcast. An old teacher of mine actually is the host. And I went, oh, cool. 
And he said, do you listen to it? And I said, that's why I have the mask, man. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I didn't say I'm the host. <laughs> and I just said, yeah, man, I listen to it. And I go, it's cool, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, it is. My A former teacher of mine, Mr. Davis, is the host. And I yeah. go, well, cool, man. That's great. Uh, you know? Uh, oh, hey, former student, and whoever I you are. Like, I was like, Holler why don't you know just tell are. people? What is it? I'm not like, that's me. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah, man, I get cool. that every now and cool. then, too, man. Thanks. Like, uh, Yeah, oh, yeah it's just one I listen to. Or, like, if a guest that I'm sampling at the bar says, like, what's the 30 Nerdy podcast on my hat? I'll look at it and I'll just go, it's just a show I listen to. That's a podcast I listen to. I don't say, and, like, one day, finally, Mallory goes, why don't you tell people it's yours? I go, you know what? I don't know. I think there's something more mysterious and more willing to drive them to listen to it if they don't know it's mine. I mean, technically, you do listen to it. I do. <laughs> I do. Technically, I'm not lying. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk some vocabulary words. All right. Now, if you're following us on social media, you know that we announced that most of this month is going to be dedicated to the Ghostbusters. Not just because a new Ghostbusters movie is coming out, but because I'm a huge fan of the Ghostbusters. And basically, the way I saw it is Josh got his Hobbit month. I want my Ghostbusters month. Absolutely. Um. So we're going to start with Ghostbusters 1, but i got some nerd vocabulary words here. And this first one, we're going to be, in in a few days, hopefully, learning how to make this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. i got some plans. Uh, cool. So this first word is ectoplasm. And it's a substance supposed to emanate from a spirit, often left behind from activity. The angrier the spirit, the more powerful the spirit, the more ectoplasm is left behind. Sure, sure. It's also believed to be what you smell, that ionized smell when something's haunted, hmm. is ectoplasm. Right, right. That's what you're supposed to be spelling. So, uh, in a few days, uh, before we start talking about Ghostbusters 2, or maybe before we talk about the, the new one that's coming out this month, we're going to make it. I can't wait. And we have the supplies yeah. ready for us. Yes, we have uh, a bunch of uh, um, dug-up Indian burial grounds, skulls mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, that's how we're making it. We're just pissing off a bunch of spirits. Yeah. And hopefully that will be how... No. And, uh, and we're going to show you how to do it, too. Yes, and we're going to show you how to dig up Indian graves as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the next one is parapsychologist. Now, this is what the three main characters of Ghostbusters are um, at the college before they become Ghostbusters. Someone who studies the evidence for such psychological phenomena as psychokinesis, telepathy, and clairvoyance. The next one is haunt classes. Ranging from class 1 to 7, these are the different varieties of haunts ranging from voices and lights all the way to malevolent demons. Hmm. So I guess Gozer would be a 7. A 7, yes. For sure. Gozer would be a class 7 anomaly. Um, so, proton packs. Every kid wanted a proton pack growing up. A fictional energy-based capture device used by the Ghostbusters. It consists of neutron wand connected to a backpack-sized particle accelerator. It fires a stream of highly focused and radially polarized protons that electrically traps the negatively charged energy of a ghost, allowing it to be held in a stream. Before you ask, yes, it is now possible to make one. But when you make one, just be sure not to cross the stream. Don't cross you know, you the don't, stream. You don't want to burn your face off. That would be bad. It would be bad. Imagine every molecule in your body just expanding. At the speed of light. At the speed of light. I imagine it'd be painless, though. It'd be pretty quick. It'd be, it'd be quick. Your but still not be very pleasant. The, your insides would be on the outside, but... In the blink of an eye. Whew. Or less. That's crazy. Luckily, we've got folks like Egon to <laughs> teach <laughs> to us. To warn us things. about it. So, that's what we're uh, talking about today. We're going to get to the Ghostbusters after we step away, take a little a brief intermission. 30 Nerdy Podcast will return. 30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice. What would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to advertising expressions like us. 
for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. Without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. What's up, nerds? This is Rich from the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and you're listening to our Council of Nerds Brethren, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Of course, when you're done with this awesome podcast, you can check out the Three Fat Nerd Podcast wherever you get great podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. And if you want all your information about what we do over there, you can visit 8122productions.com. Now let's get back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters! Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! What's up? Welcome back. Now, before we get started, I just want to say, I have had a lot of fun doing this, possibly admittedly more fun than doing notes for some other things. Um, and I have now rewatched it a handful of times, just for these notes. Uh, consecutively, I can say I've watched it probably three times this week. Um... Ghostbusters influenced my life in many ways with my love for the paranormal, comedy, improv, film in general, and just so much. Uh, what's crazy is a lot of the information that I have in here, I did mostly from memory and knowledge of behind-the-scenes things I grew up finding out. 
Uh, I did have to fill in some gaps using IMDb and the very cool Netflix show, The Movies That Made Us. Uh, but about 85% of these notes, I can honestly say I already knew. I hope that people enjoy this episode, and please let us know. Email us. Uh, the episode in this movie is so special to me that I want to talk about it with people. Uh, I saw this movie for the first time at probably 6 or 7. Um, with my grandfather on VHS in his home, and I can honestly say when I first saw it, I was at a point in my life where I thought cartoons were fake, but real movies were real. Mm. So I thought I was watching a documentary, pretty much, of like something I could actually grow up to become. So I, I was like, okay, well, this is basically a movie telling me these things exist, and there are people out there to fight them, so I will grow up one day to become a Ghostbuster. I think that there is a, a little part of you that mm -hmm. still wants to be a Ghostbuster. Yes. Like a real-life Ghostbuster. Yeah. I know I couldn't take you with me. Me, not so much. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's still, even at 32, I, I would love nothing more. You've always me. been into the whole ghost hunting, mm -hmm. you know, ghost, Paranormal. all that stuff. That's That's always been your thing. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but I, I honestly, you know, this this terminology saying I fell in love, you know, you fall in love with the person you marry. But I fell in love with this. I fell in love with comedy, with the paranormal, with acting, with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> um, I even uh, got to see the 30th anniversary re-release in theaters in 2014. I remember that. Um I watch it at least definitely double digits every year. Wow. I don't think I watch anything double digits a in a year. Double? You don't watch anything? You don't watch anything Spider-Man double digits no. or really? No. no. I just don't have time to yeah. to do that. And my list of things that I need to see for the first time is so long that I just yeah. can't justify watching, you know, Fellowship of the Ring seven times, times in a yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. so, um, well, I mean, know, it's just, but it's so easy. It's not that long a movie. No. It's not a movie you have to truly wrap your head around. No. It's It's a movie that if you watch a few times, you've pretty much got it memorized, uh, whether it's the dialogue or what's coming. It's just, it's one of those, it's kind of, it kind of became my comfort movie for a long time. If I was having a bad day or if I was stressed, I'd put in Ghostbusters. Um, now there are things like, you know, we have streaming and we have The Office to put on mm -hmm. or Parks and Rec or Impractical mm -hmm. Jokers. Or Supernatural. I mean, things you can stream. But when I was a kid, and even when I was into like middle school and high school, we didn't have streaming services. So I'd have to physically put in a movie or a DVD oh, man. to watch. I know. The struggle. The struggles we went through. Um, and Ghostbusters was, was one of those. Uh, it was either Ghostbusters <laughs> or Hook were the two movies that were my... I knew, I've always known, that Ghostbusters is a big deal. Um, among you know uh, certain fans, yeah, I have uh, Ghostbusters has never been one of my top mm. fandoms. I I have I, lo I love Ghostbusters. Yeah. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, uh, but it's not like oh one of my favorite things. You it's know? not like a Lord of the Rings or a Star sure, Wars. Sure, sure, it's never been one of my things. But I'd still I had no idea that the following was as as big as it is. Like, you know, we all know Star Wars has probably the, the biggest probably following. The one following. And yeah. those people were like, oh, I love this stuff. I live mm. for this stuff. Um, there's a documentary on Peacock right now called Ghost Heads. And okay. it's a few years old. And I watched that today. And, uh, man, there is a similar following. You know, like there's uh, different uh, Stormtrooper squadrons, like for all over the country. Yeah. There's Ghostbusters There's squadrons There's the Chicago well. Ghostbusters. They're actually pretty well known. There's Tennessee Ghostbusters. Yeah. You could be a part of that. You know, oh, there's there's Georgia Ghostbusters. There's every state. Every state has at least one chapter of Ghostbusters groups. And they dress up. And it's not like they just... I mean, they do do it for fun. But a lot of times, they're doing this for special causes to help people like... They go to children's hospitals gotcha. and they take their proton packs. Like the and 501 they, first does exactly. Stormtroopers. It's all about helping people out. Mm -hmm. And that was what this documentary really focused on. And there were people on there who had stories like you. One guy in particular, he talked about watching Ghostbusters with his grandpa. And how it was just a special thing. And now 
he has a whole a man shed outside his house that's full of Ghostbusters stuff. Nice. He's got a he's got the Ecto one. He he's teaching his kids about Ghostbusters. He has met several of the cast. He lives in New Jersey, so like he'll go to New York and go huh. to the fire station yeah. a lot. And um, speaking of New York and Ghostbusters, I actually had a, a business idea one time. Um, I told Maddie about it yesterday or today or something like that. Um, I would call it Ghost Bus Tours. Uh, see, It'd yeah, be yeah. A, a bus that looks like the Ecto-1, but all you do is tour filming sites, filming sure. locations. Yeah. And you can like go into the New York Library and get pictures where Egon's listening on this step. But it would be called the Ghost Bus Tours, T-O-U-R-S. Yeah. But if you say it quick, Ghostbusters. I don't know when you're going to realize that you got to stop giving away these ideas for free here on the show. Like, that's a great that's idea. That's a million-dollar idea. <laughs> that is a million-dollar uh, idea. But, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that the following was that oh, yeah, it's that big and, and that um, that people were that passionate about it, mm-hmm. just like they are about Star Wars and stuff like that. So that was really something, uh, something to see. Uh, Zack Ryder, uh, Mike Cordona, whatever you want to call him, he was on the documentary a little bit. Talking about um, his toys? Yep. Dude, if you follow him on Instagram, he's got Ghostbusters on Ghostbusters of and toys. Star and Star Wars and wrestling. and The man, I've not listened to their podcast. I haven't either. But We would be friends with them, I think. We would. We would get along with them very well. We would. We yeah. would. I've, did I, do you know that Zack Ryder, uh, I got a, a tweet from him one time. Because oh. he was doing a, it was like a, hey, for the next 10 minutes, I'll do Q&A. And I said, Zach, how cool is it? To have a pop of yourself, and he says, "I'm like so unbelievably cool." And I, I like, can imagine. So he's I think a having cool a guy. pop of yourself would be so awesome. It would be like even if it's like you had one made of you. There's one in existence, but it's sitting in your room, and it, it's freaking. It's you. It's doable. It's doable. I know but it's I'm doable. sure it's like more than I would want to spend on it. Oh yeah. But maybe one day. One day. One day, perhaps. One day when we get a big-time sponsor for this thing, like Ghost Bus Tours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the film. That is, uh, obviously, how, how many times have you seen this? Oh, man. Like in my whole life? Uh, yeah. Because you already know it's in my top ten movies. I would say no more than ten times. Okay. Probably, yeah. But I watched it uh, today, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and before that, I hadn't seen it in years. You and I watched it at my old apartment mm-hmm. uh, several years just for ago. A movie night. And then before that, I think just you know, in high school, maybe a couple times, and then some as a kid. I think we watched it the night that you introduced me to a game that we used to play. Every minute of every hour, you have to drink cherry Coke. Every minute of every hour. And it's like, so you take this, this Power sip. hour. Power hour, yeah. You take like a shot of the cherry Coke. And then 59 seconds later, you do it again. Yeah. For an hour. Yeah. That was the night that we watched this. I remember that. Because mm. we also, before Power Hour, watched Under the Red Hood. Uh, but... During Power Hour, we tried to watch Ghostbusters, and it was a lot of Cherry Coke, and I think stupid. It was pretty dumb. Yeah. I mean, this was eight years ago, probably, seven, something Back like when that. we were invincible. Yeah. When we could uh, rally pretty quickly. Uh, all that caffeine, you know? Yeah. It didn't keep you up all night like it does now. No. So. No. doesn't give you gout like it does, yeah. like it does now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ghostbusters. Sure. Ghostbusters is the 1984 slime-covered stream-crossing comedy action film written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and some uncredited assistance from Rick Moranis. Blew the roof off the box office and created a new genre for the entertainment industry. Let's talk numbers. You're the numbers guy. Oh, I love me some numbers. 
So they had an initial budget of about $25 million with an extra $5 million to create a special effects company just to work on the film. However, it generated a worldwide box office of over $296 million, and that's in 1984 money. So that's, that's a lot of... That's cheddar. That's a lot of Twinkies right there. That's a lot. That's of how Twinkies. big Twinkies. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> um, ILM is. Uh, you talked about industrial light and they, magic. They allocated a whole extra five million. Columbia Pictures did to create. So ILM, who was working on Temple of Doom and had worked on Star Wars, had some disgruntled employees that were ready to leave. So Columbia fronted another five million dollars to start Boss Productions which consisted of former ILM employees, and they would handle the special effects. Yeah, and they sort of got to like cherry-pick some of the best of the best from there. They uh, did. I know one of them, uh, they took, if you watch, the, uh, they talk about Richard Edlund, and his son or grandson one is is the Edlund that works on Supernatural, the show. Uh, And he's the namesake for Carver Edlund in the show. Um, so that's pretty cool. A little connection, Ghostbusters, ghost hunting, kind of fun. Um, it stars Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, William Atherton, Annie Potts, and Rick Moranis. The movie is about three former parapsychology professors who were forced out of academia to become a paranormal fighting group known as the Ghostbusters. Eventually joined by Winston, played by Ernie Hudson, the group takes on an ancient Sumerian spirit and a dastardly, delicious foe in the greatest city in the world, New York City. Now Ghostbusters, along with Spider-Man and the Yankees, is synonymous with New York City. With a stellar cast, quotable dialogue, and an amazing script, Ghostbusters is in most cinephiles, like myself, top films to go to for a laugh or just to feel good watching it again and again. It is a very comforting movie, mm-hmm. isn't it? My, my my four-year-old daughter was not very comforted today uh, when the big uh, demon dogs were running around. Uh, she didn't yes. care for that. Uh, let's watch something yes. else. But uh, for the rest, uh, <laughs> no rest thanks, of the time. Daddy. Yeah, no, no, no thanks, Daddy. No thanks. But 100 years before Ghostbusters was even, was even thought of, the Fox sisters started the big boom of spiritualism in New York City. They were worldwide known mediums. Now, this got Dan Aykroyd's grandfather hooked and on a path that would change Dan's life and many other people's yes. forever. Yes. So one day, Dan Aykroyd was sitting and he was reading some old paranormal journals from his family and having uh, some Abbott and Costello thoughts on his mind. And the idea struck Aykroyd that changed the face of cinema mm, forever. It really did. Ghostbusters. It changed everything. I mean, if you go back and watch this, I mean, I would have told you before even this documentary thing came out, that Ghostbusters is a game-changing movie. But they say it in the uh, movies that made us documentary that's on Netflix about Ghostbusters, um, that this has never been done before. A big-budget comedy? That's crazy. Science fiction, comedy, paranormal, all these genres together? No, you're out of your mind. You're insane. That'll never happen. And now, everything's different. I mean, the crazy thing about this, though, is originally... He, John Belushi, which was a fellow blues brother and SNL cast member, and another SNL cast member, Eddie Murphy, were slated to be the original three Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. But sadly, John passed away due to heavy drug use, and Eddie wasn't able to do the film. Um, And this was also sort of when Eddie Murphy, he really took off and became a big star. Yeah, Yeah. it was on his climb up. So, does that mean that Eddie Murphy was going to be Egon? Um, No. Initially, Ray was ready to be the, was going to be the brains. Oh, I see. Belushi would be more like the Ray, and Eddie Murphy was going to be like the Vankman. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So like the comedy, the lovey-dovey, romance role, stuff like that. I could see that. Yeah. I get it. Um, But um, after... Uh, John Belushi passed away. Um, Dan Aykroyd's agent gave the script to Ivan Reitman, a fellow Canadian, to direct. Which, a lot of people don't know that about Dan Aykroyd, is that he's Canadian. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just think that's funny because, you know, he's been part of some of the biggest American cinema moments and television and sketch comedy ever, and he's Canadian. Um, but he's still a better Canadian than Hayden oh. Christensen. <laughs> How dare you speak that name on the Ghostbusters episode? <laughs> so it was given to Ivan Reitman to direct, who initially thought it was silly because it was set in a futuristic science fiction world where three guys traveled time and space to defeat spirits and interdimensional beings. So after sitting down with Dan to discuss changes, WB's Harold Ramis joined the fold to help write. Having written on Animal House and Stripes, there weren't many that would say no to Harold joining or wanting to be in the film. So imagine that, first of all, if Ghostbusters was Eddie Murphy, John Belushi, and Dan Aykroyd traveling through futuristic space and time fighting interdimensional beings. You know, kind of like the beings that Indiana F- Jones 4 introduced us to. Mm. <laughs> I think uh, they got it right. Yes, I think Reitman. And if you watch the documentary, they're like Reitman said this was wrong and this was bad and this was bad and this was terrible. He's like it was really it was like there was like I could see there's something there, but like this had to go. And and they flashed to Dan just kind of nodding his head, and he just said, I mean, okay, what do you want to do with it? (laughs) He's like I got Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman wanting to do it, but picking it up part he's like i didn't care what they were saying bad about it they were going to make it doable yeah he trusted him he trusted him but reitman and ramus had already done freaking stripes together yeah which was well hilarious. also harold ramus's daughter said that they they uh, had a lot of uh what's how do i want to phrase this they had a lot of help creatively mm-hmm. from some herbs mary that, jane that, that that yeah yeah uh uh a lovely green-dressed lady came in and helped. Mm-hmm. Her name was They Mary were inspired. Jane. They were inspired, yes. Um, but uh, they also knew that Ramus wanted to be in it, and so who's going to say no to that? So with two Ghostbusters down, they wanted to find the third. Fellow Stripes and Meatball star Bill Murray was at the top of their list for Ramus and Reitman. However, Bill was kind of flaky on being in on things, saying, yeah, sure, I'll do it. He was known to be like, okay, well, he says he's going to do it, but is he going to be there on day one when we start? Um, until the first day of shooting, there wasn't any for sure answer on if Bill would be there. I couldn't work like that. Mm-mm. I couldn't do that. And and to be honest, that would really tick me off. Oh. I'd be like, you know what? I'm glad you're here. Let's make this movie. But after this, I I'm would never using you now. again. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's Bill Murray. So, like, he gives you this legendary comedic performance in a movie, and you're just like, Okay, never is such a big word. Like, I won't never use you again, but, like, can we, you know, get something more in writing next time? (laughs) (laughs) They said that he showed up at 8 a.m., bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with the contract signed. Like, all right, let's get this thing started. (laughs) I was like, I would, I would, I like, I'm a pretty, a little more stressless than you. Just a little more. Yeah, for sure. I used to be far more stressless than you. But now, I'm just a little more stressless than you. If I would be losing my mind in that situation, I couldn't imagine the heart attack you'd be giving yourself. If, like, Bill hasn't called, we start tomorrow, uh, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'd be, like, learning the lines myself. Like, I guess I'm going to have to step in. I guess I'm going to have to be Peter Vankman. Jeez. <laughs> Twist my arm. The whole thing is called off now. <laughs> I can't do it. I'll be in my trailer. Yeah. So in Not May good. of 83, Columbia Pictures, ran by Frank Price at the time, were the only ones to say yes for a budget of $25 million, with the only catch being it had to be ready for a summer run of June of 84. After the deadline was given, they went to Dan's lake house to start writing. Dan, Ivan, and Ramus, and of course their friend Mary Jane, uh, who were actually (laughs) stoned for most of the writing, if you don't know what we're hinting towards. (laughs) Um, uh, The only thing that stayed in any of the second script that 
Aykroyd wrote, so not the initial interdimensional one, the second script that they wrote. During this lake house, the only thing that stayed from the second one was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and some special effects that were written in. Like, there needs to be this here. Mm-hmm. This needs to go here. We want this kind of explosion here. Other than that, they ripped the second one and was like, let's do this. I couldn't imagine the stress that all of these people were under, regardless of the Bill Murray thing, because when they took the idea to, I guess it was Columbia, yeah. it was like, okay, we're going to do this, but we want it in time for summer next year. So they had less than a year to put the yeah. whole movie together. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead on your notes here. No, but no, no. Like, you're not. That, that's just incredible to me. Like, we got to put this huge, huge movie that nothing like this it's has never ever been, been done, done before. before. All these weird special effects. We don't even have the cast together yet. Uh, we technically don't even have the name secured yet, no. which we'll get to, I guess. Yeah. Um, I couldn't imagine. And like, oh, we're going to hang out on the beach for a couple weeks and, <laughs> you know, uh, inhale a bunch of stuff. and uh, Play with the electric you, lettuce. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> The devil's lettuce. <laughs> and, uh, and and then see what happens and try yeah. to make a movie. We'll go from there. And then it, it worked out. Yeah. It worked out for them. Um, but aside from time, the ugly enemy that wound up rearing its head to the film was Coke. And I don't mean the white powdery substance. I mean Coca-Cola. Um, the behemoth soft drink company, who thought they knew film, had previously... M- just weeks before being, uh, Frank Price greenlighting this film, purchased Columbia Pictures. One of their first moves, and pardon the pun, was to can the, the movie. <laughs> um, they felt that a high-budget comedy was a waste, and they wanted to scrap it. So Frank, the head of Columbia, left after feuding with them. Another issue they ran into was what Ghostbusters... The name was taken from a show called The Ghostbusters, owned by Filmation, who owned after-school hero, Masters of the Universe. He-Man. Kind of a big name. They were asking for a lot of money for the use of the term, so Columbia, still owned by the Rusty Tasting Coke Company, had to shoot two versions of the film. One as Ghostbusters, and one as Ghost Breakers. Ghost Breakers. Which actually is an old Bob Hope comedy sketch, The Ghostbreakers. I didn't know that. I didn't until... (laughs) It's one thing I did not know until watching the movies that made us. Um, Do you feel like it would have worked out the same way? No. I do, actually. I do. I I mean, it doesn't sound as good, but that's we've always known it, Ghostbusters. I feel like it would have still worked out. It might have. But there's something about the term buster that works better than breaker for me. It's a lot more, it sounds a lot more fun. Yeah. For sure. But uh, I think it would have been just as successful, actually. I I could be wrong. Well, do you think, let me me compare it to something. It's the same syllable. Do you think that if Shawn Michaels was called the show maker instead of the show stopper, it would be as cool? Maybe, if that's the way that we had heard it hmm. our whole lives. Possibly. It could be just a product a lot of, of times, ours. HBK made the show. That's true. You know? That's true. I don't know. It might just be a product of we have, we've had it the whole time. Experience, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. So, some casting curiosities that if you watch the documentary, The Movies That Made Us, uh, one of these I knew was, was supposed to happen, um... Aside from John Belushi that we talked about. So originally, the Lewis Tully role was written for John Candy. Mm -hmm. However, he didn't like the part as written, so he dropped out. But he left in the name of someone that they should audition, Rick Moranis. So Rick came in in the audition and landed the part, turning it into a nerd. Uh, Rick Moranis is... A national treasure. I miss Rick Moranis, and I wish he'd get back in the game. Mm. Uh, but he has—he's been enjoying retirement for a long time now. Yeah. But uh, I think the the last time that we heard of anything about Rick Moranis, Moranis was uh, some dude on the street just ran up and punched him in the face. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Uh, and that was about it. But <laughs> Rick Moranis, we love you. I know you're listening, Rick Moranis. Yeah, we know Rick. Get listens. back in there. We, yeah. we deserve more Rick Moranis. Even if it's a 30 com- nerdy commercial, 
Let me find. I mean, it. really, that's all we need. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a nice little it. like. Here I am. Here's thirty Here's and nerdy, 30 and, nerdy. and uh, I'll see you again in twenty years. <laughs> see you later. Uh, <laughs> um, the original idea for Gozer, this is one I did not know, was to be cast by Pee Wee Herman himself, Paul Rubens, but that fell through and was given to Serbian actress Slatvija Hovan, who went on to do to do Body Double and the reboot of House on Haunted Hill. Her last movie was in 2015 called Night of Cups. Her voice, however, was dubbed by the late Patty Edwards, who voiced Atropos and Hercules, Flotsam and the Little Mermaid, and has had a massive career in voice and live oh, action. Oh, yeah. You can definitely tell the whole Are you a Flotsam. god? Yeah. It's the same voice as, like, Ursula can help. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but I couldn't see, see like, uh, Hey! <laughs> Are you a god? <laughs> 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 yeah, it would have been different for the sure. The traveler has come. He said the magic word. It wouldn't have been very intimidating. No. Ah, ah, then die. <laughs> Not so good. Um, Sigourney Weaver, who had just come off of Alien, uh, was interested in the role of Dana, which shocked them all. They're like, "Wait, wait, wait! Wait!" They really initially wanted a nobody to play Dana mm-hmm. to kind of like start someone's career introduce they just they didn't really care who it was they just wanted them to go good with bill because they knew this dana part was initially going to be a love interest and and dan Aykroyd even said like i in my first original script there was one girl and that was uh janine there weren't no other females because i don't do romance very well i don't do love i don't write love well um but we got wind that sigourney was interested and in her meeting with Ivan Reitman, um, she was reading the script about these dog characters. And she was like, well, I think it'd be really cool if me and Lewis turned into the dogs. Yeah. And then she like got up on yeah. the table and like showed him, like, this is how it would work. Yeah. And she acted like a dog. Yeah. So because of that, he put it in the script. You know what? They should turn into the dogs. And that so would be they great. Did. Um, so by the t- time the movie was ready... Uh, to cast Winston, Eddie Murphy had obviously become a bigger star, and they couldn't afford him. Uh, they wanted to create an outside character, though. Someone that comes into this world. Someone that's not used to the parapsychology. Just an outsider. Kind of like a Joe Schmo looking for a job off the street. And enters Winston, played by the amazingly talented Ernie Hudson. Um, but initially, Winston was supposed to arrive on page 28, but it got changed to page 56. He was originally the one that was supposed to get slimed by Slimer, but they pushed back his debut. And there's a whole thing with an uh, interview with Ernie Hudson where he's like, you know, I, I talked to Ramus and them, and they're like, you can't take a personal. It, it's really not a personal decision. It's just what goes better with the script. Um, but Bill Murray, as we said, was a no-show until like 8 a.m. on day one. Which is funny to think about. Um, So, with filming underway, they had yet to truly secure the rights to Ghostbusters. So, in a panic, during the crowd chant scene, one of the crew called Columbia and said, Listen to this. And it was 500 extras chanting Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And he said, We can't do a second take with Ghostbreakers. Listen to how this sounds. It just sounds so much better. And so they stopped filming two of each and just went with it. And it's like, we'll figure it out. But we're going to keep going with Ghostbusters. Risky That move. would be stressful too. Yep. Because like, what if you do and like, well, no, we're still not going to give you the name. Well, well, I guess we're back to the drawing board. That's awkward. <laughs> but um, Filmation, who owned the Ghostbusters show and the name, was owned by a uh, a bigger company, Universal Pictures, owned Filmation, which happened to now be ran by Frank Price, who left Columbia after feuding with Coke. So all, he, as as Bill says, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason, and that. Also would be a great spot for a song 
in the Ghostbusters musical that one day will probably exist. Because he sort of karma. sings that part anyway. Call yeah. it fate. Got it. And it's like, this is how... It's kind of like in uh, The Producers when uh, he's like, we can do it. Yeah. We yeah. can do it. And it's like, here's going to be our whole big plan, right? Yeah. This is the creation of Ghostbusters. We're going to go into yeah. business for ourselves. This is it, yeah. baby. Big show-stopping yeah. number right there. Oh, uh, possibly. Uh, when man. you play Vinkman and I play Ray. I like this. That's going to happen. I like where this is going. And I'm uh, retired from theater, so yeah. that tells you a lot if I'm willing to jump into that. Right. I'm fine with it. I'll if be it brings there. you back. I'll be there. Um, so all Frank Price had to say was make the deal. And they got the name Ghostbusters. Um, but, so, they had already done quite a bit of work uh, on this just before securing the name Ghostbusters. If the work they had already accomplished after filming was a Twinkie, the work they had left to do would be a Twinkie 35 feet long weighing 600 pounds. That's a big Twinkie. They still had practical effects to shoot, special effects to complete, extra B-roll, and knots to untie like a theme song. Less than two months from the debut in June. Still no theme song. They would shoot stuff and send it to Reitman to edit, and then he would shoot it to finalization in days. Like, all throughout the day, they'd shoot... By like five or six, Rotman would get it, and by midnight, he's had it edited and sent to, and that's every day. We've done a lot of references to drugs and alcohol on this episode, <laughs> but I had seen, read, heard something somewhere that some of the special effects guys who were doing like, you know, the, uh, what do we call the green, the Slimer? Slimer. Slimer, yeah. Um, that like, they were in such a rush. Mm-hmm. That he was like snorting lines of cocaine to stay awake, to stay awake yeah. and stay motivated yeah. to complete the job, the tasks that yeah. he had before him. He was hitting Insane. the slopes while creating Slimer. Insane. Yeah, like we would. <laughs> he was hitting the slopes. <laughs> You've never heard it that way. Uh, I don't think I have. Wow, that was good. Okay. Yeah, like this is stuff that we would never. And I get this was the eighties. But, like, we'd never touch this stuff. Mm-mm. We would never, like, go out of our way to, to try it Mm-mm. recreationally. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. These guys were just like, we got to stay awake. So there's this green ghost. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. We'll call him Slimer. Okay? <laughs> and he eats, and he eats. And he's going to look like John Belushi. Yes. Which he was like, did I really base him off John Belushi? Eh, not so much. Did it work? It yeah. worked. <laughs> oh, it's great. It looks just like just him. Just like him. Oh, yeah, totally. That was my intention the entire time. <laughs> so, June 8th, 1984, the legend began. After premiering, Ghostbusters stayed at number one for more than two months. It beat Temple of Doom and Gremlins, which Gremlins actually opened the same day. Oh, wow. A Christmas movie, no doubt. Opened in June. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was one week around week seven where Purple Rain came in and beat it, and in Ghostbusters was number two, but took like a few days for Ghostbusters to catch back up. And around Labor Day, until Beverly Hills Cop took first in December for a couple weeks, and then boom, back at number one, till it left the theaters. A film that almost didn't happen. A film that Coca-Cola said should be canned. A film that brought, honestly, three genres together in a way we had never seen before. Comedy, action, and paranormal. Even the song was at the top of the charts and nominated for an Academy Award. It was mass hysteria. Dogs and cats. Living together. The only place it didn't hit number one? New York City. Oh, no. The shooting of the film pissed the locals off so much they punished it by not going to see it. Ah... Why were they so mad? Because they were blocking traffic to get these scenes and like crashing cars during the day when it's busy and like doing the uprooting. Dumping tons of shaving cream on the street. Yes, exactly. No big deal. Like this is the the busiest city in the world. Probably more busy than L.A. And these people are like, I got places to go and you're filming a freaking movie. And fun fact, if we ever talk about it, Joss was the same way. Martha's Vineyard hated them. Hated them doing Jaws there. Because they said, we'll be here for 13 weeks, and that's it. 
and they were there for like five months. I heard that there was a little bit of uh, that from the set of Ken- the Kenobi show mm-hmm. on Disney+. I've heard Plus. that. I've uh, heard but that to make some... it up to them, they were like, or maybe we said that's what they should do. I can't remember, but like, invite the locals to be extras. Yeah. Make they them did a invite a lot of uh, those 500 people that are chanting Ghostbusters in that mm-hmm. scene. Those are just like, hey, do you want to, mm-hmm. just to say you were in it, blah, blah, blah. They were just grabbing people. Yeah. Um, but imagine that. Like, it's the city it's based in. And the locals are like, I'm not going to see it. Well, they didn't need them anyway. They made me late to work one day. <laughs> so it was a phenomenon. We got shirts, drinks, toys, cereals. Other Ghostbusters merch that to this day have yet to slow down. It spawned a sequel, reboot, a third installment that hits theaters in a matter of days. I promise when we're talking about some of the plot, I will try to keep it from being just a quote fest. But, um, no, no promises. Who, buddy, is this going to be a long episode? All right, look. So you guys don't have to tune in to a whole nother hour and 30 hour and 45 minutes, something like that. I can't remember what this episode clocked in at, but we're going to stop right here. This is the end of side one or part one, whatever you want to call it. This was the first half of our Ghostbusters breakdown. We're about to get into the plot, behind the scenes, nerdledge, questions, answers, fun things like that. So don't forget to tune in in a couple of days. We'll have part two up. We hope you enjoyed this one. This part. This side. So, cheers to you nerds. And uh, see you on the other side.